Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is bonus episode number two, kind of. Um, it's also our Suicide Prevention Month self-care series episode number one. Um, throughout the month of September, which is Suicide Prevention Month, we want to bring uh, a number of episodes to you guys, conversations that we're having with different artists and mental health um, outreach you know, participants, if you will, um, or, you know, people that are parts of different mental health outreach organizations, um, and really, you know, shine a light on, on the stigma. We've talked about it a ton before, and we'll continue to talk about it because it's a topic that is very near and dear. Um, but, you know, we, we definitely wanted to put a high, high focus on it through the month of September, um, September the 10th is actually World Suicide Prevention Day, Um, so please do everything you can to participate leading up to and even through that. Um, You know, it's not just a a one-month thing and forget about it or a one-day thing and forget about it. Um, You know, it's definitely something that we want you guys to be a part of. Um, So for today's episode... I hit up my friend Devin Parker. You guys may remember him as the lead singer of Till Morning. Um, His band is phenomenal. They do awesome things. And they've been on the the Weekend Waves playlist. They've been on... um, Devin's been on on our podcast before. And he's just a really great guy. And I I really wanted to get his perspective... um, on mental health and self-care from the perspective of someone in a DIY band who also has a lot of family responsibilities and things like that, um, and just, you know, go through kind of how how life is, you know. Um, it is a little bit long of an episode. We, you know, had a great conversation um, from everything on... <laughs> you know, how, how this whole thing with COVID-19 has affected, uh, kids with school, how it's affected, um, you know, obviously the music industry and things like that. Uh, he's based out of the Chicago area. So, you know, with their lockdown, it was a lot stricter than, than some other places. So we talked a little bit about that as well. And again, it was just a great conversation. I really appreciate him taking the time for us and this topic. Um, In the description, there will be links to the Till Morning Instagram and Facebook and all that. So definitely check that out. And for now, let's just jump into the conversation that I had with Devin Parker of the band Till Morning about mental health and self-care through quarantine and the... global COVID-19 pandemic. So yeah, thanks for, for doing this. I think this is a really cool topic, especially for, um, A, because of quarantine and everything else that's fucked with everybody's mindset. Um, but B, just, you know, with September being suicide prevention month, you know, I know you and I kind of touched on it before when we talked, you know, about mental health and stuff like that. And I thought it'd be cool to just, try to encourage people. You know what I mean? Like everybody feels like they're fucking alone and and they're not. So, you know, I just want to kind of, um, put that message out there for people. Hopefully have people, you know, see the podcast and, or, you know, hear the podcast and, um, just kind of relate and, and hopefully make those connections. Cool. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I really appreciate you, um, including me on this. I think it's a very important topic and, um, you know, any any way to uh, for me to for me to contribute so people can uh, feel like they're not alone. Um, I'm I'm really happy to be a part of it. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So to kick things off, um, what we'll do is uh, kind of what we did on the last one. Um, I'll have you you know give your name, tell people like what you do and and things like that, um, and then we'll dive into kind of what we want to talk about around mental health and and self care. 
Chris? Go ahead. I am Devin Parker. I play guitar and sing in Till Morning. Um, outside of the band, I am a, uh, I'm a graphic designer, I'm a product designer, I'm a tattoo artist, songwriter, father, son, brother, um, all of that. I'm an ordained minister, too. <laughs> Probably didn't know that. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I officiated my first wedding um, a couple months ago. But, uh, yeah, there's not much I don't do. I, I roof houses, do electric, do what I have to do. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And I think that's important nowadays. You know, that's a lost art where people are willing to, to learn as many things as they can to, you know, hustle where they have to hustle. Yeah, so. I think so. Cool, man. Um, so... For people that are listening to the podcast, um, basically what we wanted to do throughout the month of September, and you and I kind of talked about it just a little bit ago, is um, talk about mental health and self-care. So September being National Suicide Prevention Month, um, with quarantine and all this other stuff going on with COVID, you know, obviously people are in deep, heavy, dark places, uh, maybe for the first time. Um, and some that, you know, maybe have been there before and it's just amplifying. Um, so to start with, let's talk a little bit just about mental health in general. Um, you know, you, I think are kind of a unique situation, um, in that you are kind of a jack of all trades. So you see people from all sorts of different walks of life between music, tattooing, you know, the roofing thing, um, even just your kids, you know, seeing how, how this social interaction impacts them and affects them. Where do you think, as a society, it's going to be a big question to start with, as a society, where do you think we stand with mental health right now? Right now, um, I think with quarantine and everything, I think things are kind of rough, you know, especially with the, um, you know, with COVID going on, with, um, you know, the political situation that we're in and, protesting going on and you know some rioting in places i think that there's definitely um there's definitely some things that can be probably you know improved with mental health around i think a lot of people might you know be be getting discouraged or afraid of uh what might be coming up or you know the situation that that we're in um especially with just trying to understand things especially for for kids you know kids and adults like you're if you're in an isolated place um and all you're seeing is the news you know you might you might feel one thing and if you're um if you're in it you might you might feel a different thing and kids you know kids are different all walks of life i think it's different for everybody yeah yeah so um with kind of you're based out of the chicago area with quarantine specifically up there you guys were a pretty heavy lockdown do you feel like in your you know neighborhood or you know the the suburb that you're in if you will um do you feel like that those lockdowns played a major factor in in some of that mental health um maybe feeling secluded and and locked away yeah absolutely um some more than others you know um for me it was tough because i wasn't able to see my kids the entire time so since it started i wasn't able to see them for almost it was almost like two months um because i don't live with them so you know we had to make the decision me and their mom of of what was best and would never want to put their their health at risk or my health at risk you know and, and my mom too i wasn't able to see my mom she only lived a few blocks away but i would and, you know, she's not able to leave the house to drive, so right. it, was, it was tough for her and it was tough for me. I, I'd go to the store and get her groceries and I'd spray them down on the front porch and leave, basically. And it, it was, like, uh, it, was, it was tough. And at first it was really scary. Like, you know, you'd go to the store to get toilet paper. I'm, I'm not one of the people who freaked out and went to the store right away. So when I went there, there was very limited things uh to get i remember i i didn't know what was going to happen so i just started like buying stuff that wouldn't expire for a while i still have this can of beans on my shelf it's just like this is like a magic can of beans 
Someone's like, dude, why do you have those beans? And I was like, I don't know, man. I was I was in the store and I didn't know what was gonna happen, so I bought these beans. Yeah. Um, but yes, it, yeah, being isolated that whole time, uh, it was it's tough to be to be alone for some people. Um, it was tough to be alone for me. Thankfully, we have FaceTime and we have uh, you know cell phones that we're able to communicate with people and we're able to get on Facebook and stuff. But it was still it was still pretty tough. Yeah. Um, so I think we kind of talked about it in, in the last episode that you and I did where we were talking about the new single and, and things like that at the time, uh, which I believe if I remember right was pre quarantine, like before any of this happened. So like huge shock to both of us. Um, but let's talk a little bit about like your own personal experiences with mental health, um, struggles growing up, things like that. And just kind of tell people, you know, where your your experiences come from. Cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I grew up in a household where my you know my parents were separated. Um, you know, I had a I had a stepdad who was super verbally abusive for a while, um, and it was it was tough as a kid to kind of have to to deal with that. And I think that's where a lot of my like um, my punk rock background came from because it's just like. You're kind of against authority, so right. I would go to school, and I, I I saw school as like an escape, so I can be with my friends. Yeah. And the teacher is like preventing me from talking to my friends, so the teacher was then the authority and enemy. So I I struggled a while with um with you know getting good grades and and just sitting in and being accepted by my elders, you know, and it was that was tough. And it, it's tough to be exposed to so much, you know, when there is like, you know, verbally abusive kind of life you're, you're growing up in. It was tough to, to deal with some of that trauma. Um, and, you know, thankfully I have three siblings that we grew up together. Um, so we would always be really close. Like us and our mom were always really close and we had each other to, to lean on and talk to and, like, um, you know, talk about whatever um and be able to kind of get through things together i think that 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 really helped um yeah some of you know some of my siblings it affected more than others um just kind of growing up with that background and uh you know me and my brother me and my closest brother pat who's in the band with me we were able to take kind of that background um, and push it out through music so so music has always been something that We've been writing songs since we were 11, and that and that's always been something that we did, you know, take a bad day and write a song about it, and we're able to get that emotion out of us, yeah. um, which is which is really helpful to, to have some kind of an outlet. Yeah, yeah. And, and outlets, I think, are are definitely a key point that I want to touch on because I think a lot of people, um, and I was guilty of it growing up. I bottled that shit up. Nobody knew. You know what I mean? Like. And I, yeah. I had a decent upbringing. It wasn't anything specific I can pinpoint that I'm like, this is the cause of my depression or my anxiety. Um, but I just, I basically locked away all my feelings, you know, and probably until I was, man, maybe like eighth or ninth grade, um, we had a writing assignment for an English class and I didn't care for school. Uh, I liked being around my friends and stuff, but like school itself, I didn't care for. So I needed extra credit. And my English teacher was like, cool, if you can write five poems and, you know, I'll grade them and whatnot. And those will be extra credit points, blah, blah. And I found out through that that I'm like, okay, here's a way to release what I'm thinking and feeling. Yeah, they're going to a teacher at this point for these. But even if I just get them out and nobody ever sees them. I've, I've got them out of myself. So I think, yeah. like you're saying, finding that that outlet and that coping mechanism is, is huge to redirect some of that pain or that anger or, you know, whatever the causes may be. Yeah. I think music plays a huge role in that. Um, there's been so many times that I've, that I've felt something, and music plays a massive role in, in feeling and knowing that you're heard and there's other people who feel like you. Yeah. Um, I, I can't tell you how many songs I listened to from all different genres. It was like 
so I was like 11. I was listening to like 90s rap. I was listening like Tupac, Ice Cube, and Biggie. And it's, and it, I like, I I get it. I was like, yeah, this is me. And I'm, you know, I I feel the same way as they do. And I'm and I'm upset. And then it went to like the Offspring and Green Day, and I was able to identify with that too. And then yeah. you know, turned into. From 22 and or even like you know Eminem some songs and I feel like music just I'm, I'm really thankful that I've been able to that musicians have put out music and, and we live in the world we live in um, so we can identify with those things and I'm really happy to have the opportunity to contribute to that and be able to uh, to be that that song maybe someday that someone is feels like they're connected to yeah absolutely and I think, you know, I don't remember if you and I have ever talked about it, but part of the reason that, that You Make the Scene came to be was I got fed up with, you know, the big box stuff that I was doing. But the the meaning behind the name was all about the community within music. Um, you know, it, it's not just about the artists that make the scene. It's the fans. It's the production crew. It's the merch guy. It's, it's everybody coming together yeah. to support each other in these things that they enjoy and you know, kind of really creating that scene. And I think it's important for people to realize, you know, that um, within that, like you were saying, like, you're you're never alone. That's why musicians make the songs that they make, because they felt that. And I think it's important for people to almost use music as a therapy to some extent, um, not in place of therapy, but, you know... When you're able to, for me, growing up, I'm in the same boat as you, you know, I, I listen to, I grew up listening to, like, Metallica and stuff because of my dad, um, but then, you know, Offspring, Green Day, Good Charlotte, and, like, when Good Charlotte put out that first album with uh, the Anthem and Waldorf Worldwide, I was like, shit, like, they've gone through exactly what I'm going through, and it just, there was my love for pop punk, you know? Um, and I think it's important for people to find somewhere that they feel like they, they belong and fit in. Yeah, I agree. And that's funny that you say that. We just did an interview, um, with the Good Charlotte Generation, um, and we covered the song The Click. Oh, and nice. we talked about, and we talked about that song and so many songs on that record, um, were, you know, about what we could identify with where we you know we felt included in that and that that was really cool i think pop punk did that and punk rock and metal um in general i feel like i've i've gone to so many shows and you you can look in like the pit and, and people can look like the meanest people ever and you get in there and you fall down and everybody's picking you up yeah. and you have your arms around each other and you're able to to be like complete strangers but best friends at the same right. time, which is which is really great about, you know, our community. Yeah, I, I forget who it was that I saw. Um, it's obviously before quarantine, um, but it, it's been a couple years back, I think. But there was a band that said kind of that exact same thing. Like, you could look at the people all around you and not not know a single person. But tonight, for the next hour and a half, you're all best friends, and this is going to, to be your night. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's crazy. I, I think music is, whether it's, you know, punk, metal, top 40s pop, whatever you, you relate to, like, as impactful as that is, you know, like, there's a reason that there's, you know, spas that use different types of relaxation music, and therapists yeah. will use music to, to help either get you relaxed or help bring some of those feelings out um i think music is the closest thing to an external emotion that we have yeah absolutely yeah i was in um i went to the philippines like i think it's two years ago now um but when i was there i went i went there and i i played some music and uh i just hung out with the people for a little bit and they were in like such such poor places um, where it was, it was basically Providence of the Philippines. Um, and it, they basically have like three forts that they're living in. Right. Um, but some of them had like a guitar. And it was it was like a guitar that 
we would not even give the time of day to here, where it's like the thing is a piece of junk. But they would grab it and they would play this thing, and so many people would just enjoy being around. Um, every day they had this, or every Sunday I think they had this flag raising ceremony in the in the town that I was in, and they asked me to play guitar there. And I'm like, well, I don't have a guitar, and they they bring me this guitar. <laughs> like it's probably from like the 30s and it's it's like so beaten up and it has like three strings on it and they're like well can you play this and i'm like sure you know <laughs> i played and, and we were all just kind of together during that time and it was it was cool you see like you know as globally um music and, and songs that just stand the test of time it's just like you know people are singing elvis love songs all over the world and it and it makes them happy yeah and that's, that's cool yeah, I go into any bar and put on Don't Stop Believing by Journey and tell me yeah. not every single person in that bar is singing it, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so, and I think that's a, a perfect point is no matter where you're from, you know, the Philippines, Australia, the U.S., U.K., wherever, that's the beauty of, of music is it binds everybody because it knows no bounds. Yeah, it's yeah. There's lyrical bounds, obviously, with language barrier, but the music itself is is able to touch anybody that's out there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, not to get like super personal, direct with your kids, but for example, being a, a father, what's the impact been like that you've noticed with the like online schooling for for younger kids and things like that? It's, um, it's, it's different for everyone. I have three kids. My oldest kid, um, his name is Riley, he's 12. And he's going to school now, he goes to school every day, he has to wear a mask. Um, and he, he dislikes wearing the mask all day. I don't think kids fully understand what's going on. Right. Um, and understand the importance of, you know, why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. Yeah. Um, so with, with them, it's kind of tough. And, uh, you know, he, he wasn't able to play with his friends as much as he would like to this summer. Right. Um, so, and he's kind of getting to the point now um, in school where it's getting a little tougher. You know, as, as Billy Madison, I will quote, social studies division. Right. <laughs> um, so he's, he's hitting all that stuff now, and he, he was getting a little discouraged last last year towards the end of the um, towards the end of the school year and then they, they had to do school um, do homeschooling for, for like a month at the end of the year last year and he fell way behind because he just wasn't ready for that. So yeah. many kids quit. Um, where it's just like, Oh, sorry, now you have to homeschool and you have to learn all of these new ways of learning. Everyone has different ways of learning and I'm very much like him in the way that I am a very hands on learner. Like, if, if I sit with someone and go over math and we're able to write it out together or I can take, um, you know, I, I do a lot better at, like, Montessori school or something like that. Right. But if, I'm, if I have a math problem on a computer screen or an iPad and I have to solve it, it's really difficult for me to, like, learn, learn how to do that and do that. And he's very much like me in that way. So he's doing better now that he's able to go to school. But emotionally, I think it's, it's tough um, because, you know, kids are having conversations of should we be wearing these masks or not. Different parents have different views, can lead to more, you know, conflict and arguments or, you know, whatever. And, and that's a tough age to be, I think. Um, where my daughters, I have um, a nine-year-old daughter and a six-year-old daughter. And my nine-year-old loves school. She's a rock star at homeschooling. Um, their mom is is awesome at, at teaching them and making the time to go over it with them. Parents also have a major task of like, okay, cool, you're you're a single mom who has a job, and we're also gonna need you to teach these two kids homeschooling um, at the same time. So that's really tough too for parents to be able to like have all of this on your plate that you were not ready for. Uh, but she 
she's awesome. I'm really lucky. Um, my my nine year old daughter, she has massive amounts of schoolwork. They're up till nine thirty last night doing artwork um, for for homework. They're doing. Um, they're like finishing up their their projects, and it's really tough. So for me, I'm always like, I want to help and I want to contribute, and I don't want to be the dad who gets them every you know every two weeks and just goes goes to the park or something. I I really find joy in being involved and, and teaching them things and, and seeing them learn and also learning with them. I can learn from my twelve year old social studies division right. <laughs> probably too. Um, so it's uh it's tough and, and different kids are, are just everyone's different and you know my, my nine year old's a rock star at it. Twelve year old struggles with that type of learning. My six year old she has a lot less homework. You know, she's first grade, so she has a lot less. So different. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And being on the parent side of that, what kind of toll does it? I mean, you kind of touched on it, but what kind of toll do you feel like it, it puts on the parents from a mental health standpoint? Of like you said, you're working your day job, but you're also responsible for teaching these kids because we can't have them in the building right now. Yeah, it's it's exhausting confusing, challenging. Um, so many, so many parents that I know are, are awesome parents and they're really struggling with it because it's like, yeah, you finish work. Oh, you also have to make dinner. You have to do all the household chores, but now you're basically teaching homeschool too. So you might not, and that's in, that's in like, scenarios where you have a home computer and you have space for your kid to say have a desk and be able to do that but you know some some people are have so much poverty they're like like when i was a kid if i had to homeschool i would i would be done yep. you know there, the there would be not, and my mom god bless her she's an amazing mom but she would not have um, the energy to be able to to teach four kids homeschool who probably wouldn't wouldn't want to do it, you know. So it's it's a fight um, for the parents for the kids, and it's it's exhausting. Yeah. So within um, kind of within that, and and as we're transitioning back, where kids are able to start getting back to school and stuff. Um, you know, I think social interaction is obviously a big key. And like you said with your, your son specifically, you know, they don't fully understand why we're wearing masks and things like that. Um, and not really understanding why they can't play with their kids. How, how do those conversations go to, to try to explain, like, it's not that you did anything wrong. You know what I mean? Like, to make them feel like it's not their blame, but it's, it's a betterment thing. Yeah, it, it's tough. It's like, and and everyone, ever I feel like everyone's different and takes it different ways. It's like I can I can tell my son, you know, he he just thinks that it's dumb. He's just like, we shouldn't have to wear masks. And then I, you know, and then you have to explain to someone who doesn't want to get it, right. you know, that that well, this is this is what we have to do and it's, it's for the better. And, you know, some of your friends might have different views, but this is what we have to do. It's just like, put on your seatbelt when you're in the car, you know, and it's, it's what we have to do. So just do it until things change and you don't have to do it anymore. Some schools are doing like mask break, um, to where, you know, you wear your mask for a little, uh, portion of the day and then you're able to, to take your mask off um, and you know go on a go in an area where you're able to do that um, and and it's it's good in that way and I actually I actually have a friend down the street who's a teacher and the teachers have such a hard time too yeah um, I'll just yeah I'll say that he's he's a high school teacher and he's having to he's not very tech savvy or computer savvy and it's it's kind of, kind of hilarious talking to this guy. Right. He's like, he's like, I got these monitors, and he's like, I got one monitor to see all the kids, and then I got the other monitor that shows me, and um, it's just really tough. And he has, he has classes to where he's like, you know, it's a study hall, 
should, should be able to come in to this like open Zoom call and talk to me. Right. Um, and I'm sure that the kids do need help, but no one does. He's like, you know, I sit there for an hour and I kind of, kind of just wait or just stick around in case anybody needs anything. But it's um tough, man. It's, you know, learning new things when you're not necessarily ready or um, have the energy to do so. Right. It's on in every in every way. Yeah, and I think. Obviously, we could have never predicted this, but I think that's been a, a big factor is just how sudden everything changed. It's not like, you know, you started a new job and you had orientation period of, well, this is how we're going to do things now. It was, hey, the world's fucked and this changes today. Yeah. So, you know, the, and I think that amplifies, especially like in teachers and stuff, kind of the anxiety. You know, I know there's a lot of teachers... I know a lot of teachers that are super involved with their kids. And like you were saying, like to be taken out of that now and be remote, what do we do? Like, how can I help? I know that these five kids struggle, but now I can't provide the same level of, of help that I did before. Um, and I think that weighs heavy on people. Yeah. I was, uh, I was just, I forgot who I was talking to yesterday, but they teach, they teach, I think that my daughter Luna's teacher, she's like a hugger. A lot of teachers yeah. are like huggers, you know, the kids come there for the first day or every day and they give them a hug. And, you know, yeah. for some kids, that's the only hug that they get and, and they, they really like it. And some of them, they do a high five, but just that, like, you're not able to do that. Right. You're not, you're not able to, to have any kind of interaction in, in that way, um, which, like again, you know, some kids don't need it. Some kids, some kids do need it. Some, some teachers need it. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to just have that. I'm sure their teachers' emails have to just be flooded with <laughs> confused parents. Right. Um, and it's it's just yeah, everyone just I think this will give us teach us some some patience and some understanding hopefully. Right. Yeah. And hopefully, um, you know, teachers have said for decades now that they're underpaid for what they do and whatnot. Maybe this will open a lot of eyes now that parents are having to do that teacher's job that, okay, oh, yeah. shit, you know, like, they're underpaid. We do need to do those school supply lists. Like, they do need extra help, and we're not giving it. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's let's start transitioning back into to like music and, and things like that. Um, within quarantine, I know you and your brother uh, just this last weekend uh, got together, did some songwriting and stuff like that. How do you feel like quarantine has impacted that side of, of work, if you will, for you um, coming up with content or just the process of everything now? Um. I think it, it helped in a lot of ways to where we were in a um, a rhythm of we'd practice twice a week, we'd get, you know, we'd work to get a show before prior quarantine, right. we'd practice twice a week, we'd work to get a show, we'd get our show, we'd practice for the show, we'd promote the show, play the show, and continue to practice twice a week until the next one, right. you know, and it was just like that's what we were doing. And when you're doing something like that, um, sometimes you need a, a break is good. So I, I, I feel like quarantine was good for the band in the way that we were able to just be like, okay, this is, we have no shows coming up. What do we really want to do? What are we doing? Um, you're able to now have, you know, conversations that aren't about the next show and you're not you're not prepping for that all the time or stressed about like the next step because there is no next step so you're just like hey how are you doing and and that, that was cool to be able to have some conversations like that and and to build um to build on our relationship with each other in in that way that was that was that was helpful in a way yeah and then we were able to really focus on um, for the band, we were really able to focus on what what we want in our next steps and some opportunities that we have 
thankfully I'm I'm pretty tech savvy, so I've been able to, you know, we've we've made a couple home videos of you know some stories behind the music, and we're able to Patrick and I were able to write, um, and we were able to we basically just we write music in our in our phones. We just save right. the voice most, so we just do a million of those. Um, and then we're then when we whenever we do get together, we're able to to um, to write songs from that. But we didn't have band practice for a while, a couple months, um, and it was that was tough. There's energy that you really miss out on there, yeah. and it's just like really depressing sometimes when you're just. And then, but then when you get back together and you and you play, it's just like. Man, we didn't even play a show, but I feel so good right now right. just from doing that. It's like, yeah, it's like when you're a kid and you're able to hang out with your friends or you know do something you love. Where I, I feel like as an adult without the band, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get that as much. And and I wonder like, what other people get that rush from? It's just like you know, I know everyone's different, but for me, it's I just like live for that. Just just being able to make something together with, with people that you care about and, and feel good about doing it. Um, yeah, be, be proud of yourself. That helps. Yeah. So two things you said in there that I definitely want to touch on. Uh, first is going to be the conversations. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the importance of having those conversations. Like you said, being able to just hit up, even though they're it's your brother and your bandmates and things like that, like, to be able to just reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, how important are those conversations? Yeah, they're extremely important, especially if you're in a band and you're like, man, we're going to be famous someday and we're going to be, we're going to go on tour and, and do all this stuff and you're going to be around each other so much, but you haven't had those conversations. You know, you got, you got a rude awakening coming up for you when you're stuck in a band for a month and you're the only one that's nice to this guy so you're gonna it's really important to have those conversations um so those were those were really nice and it's um you know we actually during that time we were able to my brother and i were able to to talk about the band and and everyone who's in it and see if we all are on the same page yeah. we kind of we kind of went through things and and learn that maybe not everyone is, and we were, we made some changes in the band. Um, and I think, you know, some changes were were, were difficult to make um, as far as, you know, removing members. But in, in doing that, we grew closer in being friends with those members. It's right. like, um, so we're able to say, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't working right now, and, and now is a really good time to stop it because we don't have anything going on. And we can work on our friendship and work on just like being there for each other and not, you know, being stressed out about certain things. So I think that, you know, definitely, you know, quarantine has, has brought some of that out and it was, it was tough, but it was, uh, it was, it was good at the end of the day. So, yeah. So, um, the other thing that you, you mentioned there, I think is a perfect segue into the, the last little bit that I want to talk about. Um, the importance of taking that break or having that break from here's my daily routine or my weekly routine and then quarantine forced this breakup of all that. How important do you think it is in a self-care standpoint to kind of reset yourself sometimes? And, you know, for me, I work a, a Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 4.30 every single day. And then weekends are usually, you know, this podcast or whatever. But sometimes I have to remind myself, like, you just need a day for yourself. You know, like, go see a movie. Go out and hike the woods. Like, things like that. How important do you think resetting is um, to self-care and mental health? Oh, it's so important. Um, it's, it's really important to have that perspective, like you just mentioned, to be able to say hang on a second, I need this. And I feel like a lot of times it's difficult when you're in the, when you have your head down and you're just hustling um, to be able to do that. So, you know, it's important for us as, you know, 
to our friends and, and people we love and care about to, to sometimes speak up to that point where it's like, hey, man, because a lot of people tell me that, especially with quarantine, right before quarantine, right when it happened, I switched jobs. So I was, I was working one job, switched jobs, got really busy with that. My old, the old place that I was working at, they're like, hey, um, maybe you just want to do this as freelance on the side, you know, in, in your off hours. So I'm like, cool, more money. Right. And another job that I worked the job before that, they're like, hey, we need some freelance. Can you help? And I'm like, cool, more money. You know, so I, and then another place did that. So I, and then I find myself and I'm just like, dude, I work my job nine to five. And then I log off and I start another job and I do that for hours a night. And then I do another one for hours a night. Like most nights I'm, I'm up to like two, two thirty in the morning designing stuff. And it's, it's like, I really need to, and I'm constantly telling myself, I just, I just got back into working out. Um, I'm focusing on drinking more water. I'm focusing on, you know, taking weekends away. Uh, like we did last weekend where Pat and I went and wrote. Um, I'm actually, I really love learning new things, so I'm pushing myself. I'm actually taking guitar lessons and starting this week. Um, so I, I feel like it's, it's important to do all of that, and it's important to, to relax and celebrate, you know, your, your hard working and, and notice your mental health, especially like I used to, I went to therapy a while ago, um, and I actually just took on my job full time again. So now I have the insurance to go back. So I'm really psyched to go back to therapy. I feel like that that's something that really has, has helped me be, become a better person, um, know myself better, and you know be more uh, mental health aware within myself. Um, so I actually called them today and yesterday. So get, I'm psyched to to start that again. And uh, yeah take baths. I got like bath salt and get all, <laughs> all into that stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, like Sage and Palo Santo, I always like Sage the house and the guys are always giving me a hard time because I'll like, I'll like Sage the band band. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I'm bringing up like a, a salt lamp and Sage and they're like, dude, what are you doing? And it's like, you gotta make, you know, you gotta do what you have to do to feel comfortable and, right. you know, important yeah and i i think you know a couple things in that a i'm starting the water thing myself uh i'm pushing myself back to the gallon a day thing um yeah started working out again and and stuff like that um and i think it's important to like you said to know which thing it is that's going to help you exercise isn't going to be the thing for everybody you know some people it's it's going to be fishing it's going to be sitting down and, and sketching or whatever um you know so finding finding that release but not how do i want to word that finding a release for your mental health that isn't necessarily specifically your mental health you know what i mean so like we talked about writing writing's a great release for mental health but it directly is about your mental health um whereas for me self-care is more of getting out of your head, just, you know, truly releasing and resetting where you're at. Um, and I think, yeah. like you said, exercise, um, as dumb as it sounds to some people, the sage and lavenders and things like that really does help. There's science behind that stuff. Um, and you'd be amazed at, you know, what a good bath will do for you or whatever. Um, but I think, um, the, the big point that I want to make with self-care specifically is there, A, there's no right way to do it, but B, there's no schedule for it either. You know, we, we say, you and I, it's weekends because that's when it works for our schedule and stuff. But like, if you need a Wednesday off, take a Wednesday off, you know, like you have to, to pay attention to yourself and know when you need to get away. Yeah, I think that that's right. And uh, I was just talking to someone about this the other day, and we were talking about like writing and kind of like coping with, you know, things of the past or, you know, just maybe 
you know, something that we know that we, we need to focus on, but maybe it's, it's difficult to focus on, um, I set a timer, you know, yeah. or, or if I'm sad about something, I'll set a timer and be like, all right, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sad for the next hour and I'm going to, you know, focus on it and, and deal with it. But, you know, once that timer goes off, I'm going to suck it away and I'm going to go get dinner or I'm going to, you know, clean the house a little bit or something like that. And, and then, you know, maybe I'll, I'll put it, put it on a schedule. So, um, but yeah, I think that that's really important. Yeah. To, to be able to take that time and, and give it to ourselves, especially now in, in today's world, as much as we have, you know, all this isolation and we should have time to ourselves, it's still, it's still difficult to, to, you know, find the time for some people like, like me for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially, not to call you out on this, but you're super active on, like, Instagram and social media. So, you know, uh, even knowing, like, okay, I've been on Instagram for three, four hours. Like, I have to step away. It Those little yeah. things, you know, like, I think you do a really good job of it. But you're just somebody that I notice is, is crazy active. And I think it's a good thing. Um, but like you're saying, you know, like, knowing the balance of, how long can I do this before I'm burning myself out or before it's impeding what I need to do? Right. Um, my brother always gives me so much crap for that. <laughs> Instagram, yeah, Facebook, yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's funny that you bring it up. For me, I try to, um, as much as I am active and it, I am on there, I, I do work from home, so I'll just have, like, Facebook on. Right. So if something... Um, I like to stay on people's radar, you know, so especially with music, it's, it's all for music things. So right. If there's people like, you know, if you make a post, I'm going to make sure that I, that I like it and, right. you know, I, and I read it and kind of take it in. And that's important to me to, to do that and get back. I feel like I'm contributing to the community in that way. Um, but it does, some of the posts that I make, I try to do everything professional, so it does take time. So I'll set time for myself, like at the end of the day, there's like, band work um, that I do every day and it's like you know go check your website check the email figure out the social posts for the week and then I'll even schedule them out like sometimes on a Sunday I'll post I'll schedule out the whole band um, social media stuff for the whole next week and that way I'm not spending so much time you know physically on it or thinking about it um, ahead of time and I'm able to like just schedule that out um, you know for the future so that helps yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually in, I feel like I've made one or two posts about it. I've kept relatively quiet about it. I'm actually taking uh, heart support has what they're calling the master class, And it's all about, um, the, the mental health awareness, the organization itself, but also like how to, um, grow yourself and, do the the things like you're talking about with scheduling there was one specific class where one of the instructors talked about he calls it the 168 hour board and he literally takes a whiteboard and breaks down his entire week all 168 hours that you're going to be awake for that week and you know it he showed us his and it it just clicked i'm like yeah you know like because i do the same thing i'll i'll schedule some posts for you make the scene or my photography website and things like that. But I'm like, what if I, what if I did that with my personal shit? Like I know I'm at work these hours. What if I scheduled in, okay, for one hour every Tuesday, I'm going to go do this instead to force myself to break up some of that, you know, routine. Um, and that's really helped me. And I, I think that's something you probably do without actually planning it out necessarily on a board. But, um, you know, it, it's, I think, important where people, it's easy to become overwhelmed when you can't visualize where your day's going. Yeah. I um, I actually do do that. I have a massive chalkboard <laughs> wall right there. And um, I, I do it for when the kids come. I say, okay, well, we have to eat three times a day, you know. Yeah. What do we want to eat? Riley. What do we want to eat for breakfast this day? You know, so we, we pick that and then we're like, all right, we can do probably, we can like go do like three things this weekend. What do we want to do? You know, let's go to the park, let's go for a bike ride. So it's, um, I feel like 
that's really important because time gets away from you. Um, and it's important to see habits too. You know, it's like, like, man, I just, sometimes in the winter I'll work all day or like when I went to work, I would go to work and then I'd come home and I'd just be so exhausted. I would just like lay there and and if I looked at that, like my whole week on a calendar, it'd just be like work, just lay there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's helpful to kind of polarize, you know, what you're doing and, and, and check that out and make changes. Yeah. And and one thing that I've done, um, especially when I was struggling more than I, I do now, you know, I've I've gotten myself to a pretty good point. Um, but, you know, when I, I used to get really bummed out because I would make these to-do lists and then I at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I only got two things done off of it. So what I started doing instead is I do the reverse of it. And instead of doing, here's the 10 things I need to do today, I'll write out the 10 things I did get done that day. So that at the end of the day, instead of a, I didn't accomplish this, it's a, I got all this done. Um, and it's amazing what that'll do to, to swing your mood too, because you, you stop focusing on, I, you know, I suck because I didn't do that. And you can kind of start championing, your, championing yourself with, cool, I got these other things done. Yeah, that one thing didn't get done, but I'm ahead of schedule now or whatever. So those sorts of things too, you know, being a graphic designer and whatnot for your side, project management. I mean, that's basically what that is, right? Like, here's my to-do list. You start feeling a little shitty or feeling that time pressure when it comes to, uh, you know, deadlines coming up, but I don't have seven, eight, and nine done, but you... I think a lot of people don't look at, well, I got one through six done. I'm, I'm okay. I can get there. Yeah, I think so too. And noticing the things that are hanging over your head, right. you know, and that, that's tough too. It's like sometimes that, sometimes I'll focus on things that I think that I want to do, but I really, you know, deep down know I'm like, man, my finances are stressing me out so much. Right. And they're just like over here, but I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about that right now, yeah. you know. And I, and I try to just do these other things and think that it's gonna make the anxiety go to way, go away about this right. problem if I if I solve all these little things. Um, and it it usually doesn't. So it's important to if 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 we know what you know what the actual problem is somewhere somewhere back there, what's making us anxious or unsettled, to be able to to do what we got to do to work on that, chip away at that. Yeah, and I I think it comes down to um, kind of a creative problem-solving thing, right? Like, you could put financial struggles at the top and then start breaking down. What can I do to fix that? You know, like, maybe I need to plan my budget or maybe I need to, you know, whatever the case may be. um, Those things, again, when you're able to visualize it and actually see this is the problem, this is how I'm going to fix it, I think it makes it, for me at least, and I feel like for most people probably, it makes it a little easier because now you have concrete steps. And I can, okay, you know, financial struggles, well, I'm going to plan a budget. And then when you actually see your budget, you can go, man, I waste a fuckload of money on stupid, you know. (laughs) My big one, I eat out way too much. I should cook at home, I know that. But I'm lazy and don't want to cook at home. But if I budget myself out and I do this from time to time, I'll look at it and I'm like, man, I'm spending, you know, 200 bucks or whatever it is on fast food. I could go to the grocery store and that's a whole month worth of fast food or, you know, a whole month worth of food. So things like that, again, where you're able to break down your problems into smaller, manageable um, steps, I think contributes to your self-care because... Now you're getting little things accomplished, and that's just building your confidence to tackle the big ones. Yeah, but even even deeper than that. So why why don't you cook at home? I say it's laziness. Um, part but of what it. Are, what are you really avoiding? You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like honestly, for me, it's uh, I'm a single dude. Uh, I don't like the amount of prep time, and then I have to clean all the dishes and all that after the fact. So for me, it's. Yeah okay, so it's a 30-minute meal, but then it's an extra 30 minutes of prep, cleanup, whatever. Um, so for me, it, it's mainly that. Um, 
Like, I know how to cook. I'm a decent cook. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want to do it because I'm like, man, you know, like, I don't have a dishwasher. So it's washing dishes by hand. It's doing all those little things. And it's it just, maybe it's the, now you got me questioning myself. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe it, it plays some factor into that I feel like it's almost a waste of time. Um, because it eats up more of my time and it takes me away from being able to do, you know, stuff for you make the scene or whatever. Um, so I, in my mind, it's, well, if I swing by Wendy's, that's a 10 minute trip, like whatever, you know, I'm going, I eat, I'm good. But if I cook at home, well, I've got to clean everything. I've got to, you know, cook it, eat it. Now I'm at an hour versus that 15, 20 minutes. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Now you got me questioning myself on what's my what's my goal here. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm I'm always I eat out a ton too, and I feel like for me it's tough to to make food at the house because I want I once like had the family and I would come home and I would make dinner for the family. Right. And and now when I like cook alone, it it like brings that back and makes me really sad. Yeah. Uh, because it's just me. Right. So I'm like, so I'm eating out all the time to avoid that. But I'm, I try to find reasons to cook. Like, you know, like I said, my mom lives not that far away. So I'll make dinner and I'll like bring her over a plate or something. Right. But it, there's like, I, I find some good in, in doing it. Um, because yeah, I'll, I'll try to avoid it. Or, or right when I, right when I got divorced, it was, it was even really difficult to just go to the store and like shop. Right. Because I was, oh man, I would get all of these things for, for you know, and, and all this stuff. Just then, I found myself really avoiding that, and I didn't even like. I had nothing in my fridge for a long time because I would just like, kind of, just like, I'll just go through drive-through or just order order food, and you know, I'll I'll avoid all of that. Um, so now I've been able to kind of find little little things that I can do, like cooking for uh, you know my mom or or something like that. Yeah. And I try to only do, now I'm trying to only do, like, one one meal eating out a day. Because when I'm quarantined, it's like breakfast, I'll grab a coffee and a donut from Dunkin' Donuts or right. something. Lunch, I'll get some, like, I got to go somewhere for lunch because I'm sitting in front of my computer. So I'll get, like, some tacos, and then dinner would come, and I'm like, you know, I might as well just get some more tacos or something yeah. for dinner. So I'm like, now I'm just like, all right, I'll only do that once. I'll coffee, and then for lunch, I'll make something at the house. Um, or for dinner, I'll make something at the house, and lunch, I'll go out. So I'm trying to, trying to limit that a little bit. Yeah, well, and it, it's crazy, you know, going back to the financial part of it. It's crazy when you actually start looking at your finances and going, what the fuck did I spend my money on? And then you realize yeah. that it's fast food, like a waste of money. I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to. But like yeah. you said, it, it, there's so many factors that play into it for so many people. So it's, it's finding that balance and, and figuring out, um, just kind of how to make it work, you know? But, uh, yeah, I think that's everything I've got. We, uh, definitely have a long one for us today, which I think is great because you're, you're actually going to be our first, uh, episode that is the self-care series. Um, so, you know, again, appreciate your time and everything for that. But, um, you know, I, I, again, I, I appreciate how, even before this conversation on social media and stuff, how transparent you are with a lot of things, how transparent you are through your music. Um, and I, I do think that it plays a factor and it makes an impact. Um, and ultimately, you know, no matter who's listening to this, the only way any of this gets better is through that communication and bringing to light the problems yeah. that we all have. Yeah, I, I agree. Thank you. And yeah, thank you for including me on this. Like, you know, like I said earlier, I think that it's an extremely important topic and, and it's very serious. Um, and I'm really happy to contribute. Yeah. So thank you. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to hearing the, the episodes that you have of this to come so you're going to be doing this all month right yeah so uh as of right now i'm going to have a total of i think right now i'm at 
five confirmed, and I've got a couple right. others out there. But yeah, basically, I want to you know just some of them are you know other band members and stuff like that. Uh, I'm working with one of the guys at Heart Support to kind of get his perspective. Um, I'm gonna try. I've got a contact over at To Write Love on Our Arms that I'm gonna try to reach out to and see if I can get them back on. Like, I think the cool. importance of of the diversity of points of view is is something that I want to highlight with this because, you know, like we were saying regarding the music, whether you're a fan of metal, pop punk, country, top forty, whatever, like there are other people that have experienced maybe not the exact same thing, but similar things as what you have there are people out there that understand your pain and are able to hopefully uh lift you up and, and help you through yeah or, and and there's people there that celebrate the good with you too you right. know and, and you guys share the same love for something and, and that's i feel like that's just as powerful you know as, as to be able to focus on a positive thing together and, and celebrate that with that community is really cool yeah yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some of my best friends are people that I've interviewed um, and people that I've, like, shot concerts with and stuff like that. Like, the connections that you can make through the music scene specifically, it it's outstanding because you, you really get a sense that, for the most part, um, these people have been through something similar and you don't yeah. feel that weight of judgment. You know, maybe you can't talk to your brother about it, but, you know, I know this guy that... For me, I've got a buddy that lives in Indy that shoots concerts with me. I know at the drop of a hat, if I called him and said, hey, man, I need to hang out, boom, let's go, you know, and yeah. and that's important to find. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, again, I appreciate your time, man. Um, I'm going to go grab some dinner. I am doing fast food tonight, so. probably up, too. Awesome. I, but, I don't think I went anywhere for lunch, so I'm good. Uh, what did I have? Hmm. I had Burger King for lunch, so I'm kind of screwed, okay. but it'll be fine. It was yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll be getting this episode up. It will be going up on, I believe it's Saturday, which is the, mm, the 5th. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'll post it, do the, the same thing. I'll make sure I tag the band and stuff in, in our post with it. Um, because I do think that you guys make an impact, and I think it's uh, a great opportunity for fans of yours to maybe come together in their own little tight knit community and you know reach out to each other that way. Cool. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So, um, yeah, thank you. And let me know ahead of time. Yeah. Um, just shoot me a message again, um, so I can. I love to to share it, and we have a. Um, uh, monthly email that I will wait um, so I'll, I'll make sure to include this on there and I'll, I'll get the details from you after yeah. um, just to uh, to spread the word and, and yeah I think that it's, a, it's an important thing and I'm looking forward to the rest of your uh, interviews. Awesome man, I appreciate it we'll be in touch soon, like I said I, I need you to start work on maybe a tattoo design for me that we can uh, hammer yeah, out so. <laughs> bring your pain dude yep. I gotta get my back finished in a couple weeks, I'm, I'm and that was my conversation with Devin Parker of Till Morning. Uh, Devin's a great dude based out of the Chicago area. Um, he and I've, you know, done a couple conversations already. And I thought it'd be cool to get his perspective. Um being in the, the music industry as a DIY band, uh, being in Chicago where quarantine um, for COVID was extremely tight, um, and, you know, being a, a family man. He's, you know, got the perspective of what it's like to not be around your kids and stuff like that during these, these times, and the way that that weighs on the mental health and just the... Um, the struggles that you go through. So huge shout out to Devin uh, for taking the time to do that. I really appreciate it. It's always good times talking with him. Um, be sure that you guys go follow Till Morning 
on Instagram. I'm going to have a link to that in the description as well. Uh, and yeah, you know, this, this series is really important to us. All of September is Suicide Prevention Month. Uh, September the 10th is World Suicide Prevention Day. It'd be awesome if you guys could do any sort of participation, whether it's just, you know, liking and sharing some posts, uh, liking and sharing the podcast. There's, you know, tons of resources that, that we would love for you guys to to share, um, whether it's through To Write Love on Our Arms, Heart Support, Hope for the Day, uh, NAMI, Crisis Text Line. I mean, there, the list goes on and on. Um, if you want to kind of one-stop shop, <laughs> share something that uh, lists several of those over on our website. If you go to youmakethescene.com, um, we do have a post up about mental health awareness resources, and you could share that post. Um, it would be a great quick, easy access thing for you. Um, and it'll be on our website for the, probably forever at this point, in all honesty. Um, I don't, I don't foresee us taking it down. And, you know, it's something that we're happy to have on there. So check that out. Uh, in our shop, we did reactivate all of our mental health awareness merchandise. So any of the uh, merch that you pick up that is from that mental health awareness collection will have a portion of it donated to different mental health organizations, um, all those that we just listed. So uh, we do have a couple confirmed uh, interviews and conversations coming up soon uh, to continue this series throughout the month. Uh, we'll be talking with John Williford of Heart Support and Taylor Palmby of Heart Support. Um, both just incredible, incredible people, uh, and I'm really excited to have them both on. They will be two separate episodes. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. I've got a couple others that I'm waiting on some response back, so hopefully we'll have several more. But, um, you know... it. I always say at the end of every episode to take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Um, obviously, you know, it, people think that that's just a tagline, but it's so much more than that. And this month specifically is one that I think you guys need to really take it to heart. Um, reach out to friends, to family, to even the acquaintances that you have on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. If you see something that just seems odd, reach out and check on people. It could mean the absolute world to those those people. So um, I'm not going to take you out with a song today just because this was a little bit longer episode and, you know, I really want the self-care series to focus on those conversations. Um, the future episodes I may do, you know, different mental health driven songs or something but uh for now that's all i've got guys thank you so much for listening thank you so much for supporting be sure that you're sharing this like follow the podcast our instagram our facebook page um all that sort of stuff and again you know we greatly appreciate it um and that's that's where we're going to leave off for today so Remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.